Welcome. The parish is a church community in Alpharetta, Georgia, practicing the way of Jesus for the sake of others. Talks like these are just one part of how we gather to be deeply reshaped by Jesus. So we invite you to join us any Sunday morning for a full church gathering. You can find more information or contact us by visiting our website at parishanglican.org. As you get settled back in, this morning we have a treat that I'm really excited about. Uh, Our family pastor, Sarah Fetz, is going to be speaking. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sarah uh, has worked really diligently and hard to share her heart, to prepare her heart. She's going to be sharing about some of the things happening in our family ministry as we move into the next year and uh, just teaching us from the book of Colossians. And so really grateful for the chance to hear from Sarah this morning. To begin that time, we're going to read from Scripture, and we will uh, sit with this passage from Colossians, and Thomas is going to lead us in it. All right. Colossians 2, 1 through 10. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that none, no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the element and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Well, good morning. It is such, I'm just so thrilled to be up here this morning. This is um, such a a treat for me. I've been looking forward to this. And um, as I've been preparing for today and sitting with this passage from Colossians and thinking about um, this new ministry year, I've been reflecting um, on what brought me to the parish and what brought my family to the parish. And I remember this desire for more spiritual growth, for, for more, to grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus. And I think that was a big driver for me and my family coming to the parish. And that certainly has happened since I have been here, and I'm so thankful for my own personal journey. But I've learned so much more since I've been here um, about, about church, and about what, um, about what church gives us. And it's much more than my own personal journey. Church is a worship experience for us um, to share, for us to share together. And what I love coming to know the people sitting around me while I worship 
And while we pray um, together, it's such a gift to be doing it together. So we gather for worship. We gather to pray. And as this morning, as David led us in the Lord's Prayer, that prayer starts with our Father, not my Father, right? We're praying together. As we um, do prayers of the people, we, we pray together, um, not, just, not just alone. And as we get to show up together in this sacred space, and it's not the space that's sacred, right? It's a beautiful space. But it's the Spirit of God that's here, and it's the people that make it sacred. And we also get to share in this core identity that we are children of God, I am a child of God. You are a child of God. And that's the most true thing about me. And it's the most true thing about you and your identity. And we get to share in that identity. And that bonds us and brings us together. And a shared identity is one of the essential elements that defines a community. And in the passage we're going to read today from Colossians, the believers in Colossae were working to form this new shared identity in the midst of this culture that they used to belong to. And we all know the personal struggle, right, between following culture and following Jesus and which way are we going to walk. Um, so let's take a look at this passage. We're going to, um, let's take a look Colossians um, chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. So Paul is writing to the church in Colossae, and he is saying he has great concern for them. He has concern for their spiritual welfare. How are they doing? How, how are they being built up? And, um, and he hasn't even met all of them. Um, verse 2, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. Wow, what a goal, right? What a goal for a community. A community that encourages one another, lifts one another up, encourages each other in heart, reminds each other of our belonging, our shared identity, in a community that's united in love. And when love is what unites us, we can all come to the same family table, no matter our opinions, no matter our differences, because love is what is uniting us, right? And then he goes on, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, and whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I love those words, so that, because community needs to be encouraged in heart and united in love in order to share in the full riches and complete understanding and be given wisdom and knowledge as a community. And then he goes on to say, I tell you this, so that, you, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, in delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm you are in your faith. So Paul is warning them, don't be deceived. Watch out. 
And he's encouraging them by reminding them of their strong faith. Paul is speaking as a spiritual father to this church. Let me go on in verse 6. He says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. To live in him means to walk with him. You root, verse 7, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So he's saying, remember, remember that you are rooted, and the roots go down, and the foundation has been laid, and then you are built up. There is growth that comes after the foundation has been laid. And remember that you're established, and remember what you were taught. There's lots of remembering that Paul is is inviting them into. Verse 9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He's reminding them of what they have in Christ, in common, and in Christ. Fullness, which, you know, it's easy, um, as Jordan talked about last week, to imagine that Christ has the fullness of God in him, but it's really hard for us to think about, like mind-boggling hard, right? Thinking about us having the fullness of Christ in us when we're in him. Um, And as Paul is their spiritual father, he's saying, hey, remember these things. He's pointing to what is true and reminding them, and he's saying, watch out for the lies. Watch out for these lies. And um, in one of the commentaries I was reading from Feasting on the Word, it says, this is a powerful call to their shared identity through the practice of collective memory. And we do this all the time. We're spiritual mothers and fathers ourselves. And we do this. We encourage one another. When we have a loved one who's struggling, what do we do? We point out the truth. We speak to the truth. And we say, hey, no, that's a lie. Like, watch out for those lies. We encourage one another. We say, remember. I feel like Ryan and I take turns, right? We all take turns. One day he's saying remember to me, and one day I'm saying remember to him. And that's what we do in here. And that's what we should do. That's what a healthy family does. Um, And we need, so we need each other. And as I think about what we just read, um, I just want to give some imagination around how do we embrace our children into this shared identity that we have here? And and how do we embrace our children of all ages uh, into our community and into our family? And Paul goes at great lengths to help this church remember who they are in the new family of Jesus and in the same way, I've been thinking, how can I remind the children in our church of who they are in God's family? Um, and one way that we're going to do that as we enter this new ministry year is that we have a new curriculum that we will begin. And it um, begins with our youngest, our younger ones, and it goes all the way through sixth grade. 
And just as we've been saying that we're bonded together and we have this shared identity together, um, we're, we're all connected to one another in this family, and we've all been called to be spiritual mothers and fathers. So today, I'm not just talking to the parents that have children at the parish. There are a lot of you, but I'm, I'm talking to all of us because we all have, we've all been invited to be spiritual mothers and fathers, and it's important. Um, and so as we think about how do we embrace them, and then how, do we, how, then how do we guide them? So first, as we embrace them, we think um, we embrace them in the belonging. We want them to know they belong. This is just as much a place for them to come and worship and meet Jesus as it is for us. And so we want them to know that this place is for them too. It's not just for childcare. And um, it's not just because they were brought. And let me tell you, there are plenty of Sundays where I feel like I brought my children. And there are plenty of, plenty of Sundays where they feel like they've been brought, right? But that's my encouragement to work on that. Because this, is, this place is for them. And we want to embrace them by treating them with respect because Jesus wants a relationship with them just as much as he does with us. We embrace them by inviting them into our liturgy, into our worship. I love seeing kids in here all the time. And it's wonderful. Um, and, and I'm really excited about house churches and families gathering together and worshiping together. And our children are shaped and formed by that liturgy, even if they're bored. And even if, you know, um, they complain, right? It, it, it shapes them. It forms them. It gets down in their hearts. And, and one of the things we've talked about with house churches is we don't want to have a, a five-minute kids minute or a five-minute kids talk because we're inviting them into all of it. We're inviting them into the prayers and the scripture and the, um, and the, the feasts. We're inviting them to everything. And we want them to know that they are welcome. And it's actually good for us to embrace them. It's even important for us to embrace them. Because in Luke 18, Jesus says that we need to receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Right? I think I need more imagination about how I can be more childlike. How can I show up to my world and my life with more humility, with more wonder and awe like a child, with utter dependence upon God, like our children have utter dependence with us. And so once we've invited them into this belonging, we've embraced them into our family, into the family of God. As spiritual fathers and mothers, we want to walk alongside them in the becoming, in the building up of our faith, as Paul said. We want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work in their lives because he is the perfecter of their faith, right? It's not all, it's not all up to us. Good, good news, right? Good news. <laughs> um, our children's becoming and their receiving of the fullness of Christ, that's what we want. That's our, that's our hope. 
they will receive the fullness of Christ. And um, this is a vi- that's the vital part of our community. And because it's so important, that's why we put a lot of thought into what curriculum we chose. Um, our curriculum is called God's Big Story, and it is an Anglican curriculum. It is an ordered curriculum, which means it follows the church calendar. So all of these areas up through sixth grade, and we even have um, talk of older, um, our middle school and high school as well, being able to, to go um, following the church calendar. So the Old Testament in the fall, and then Advent through Pentecost, we're in the New Testament together. And then we have a catechesis unit in the summer. So it's just that there's order order to our curriculum and it keeps keeps us all on the same page and yet we might not be all doing the same story at the same time. Um, it's also a formational curriculum. We, we don't want to just teach our kids all the head knowledge and not have it flow to the heart. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, another thing I love is that this is a training curriculum. This curriculum is amazing. It gives our teachers Um, it it has a devotional aspect to it for the teachers. So the teachers can dig in and dig into the scripture themselves and and, um, sit with the Holy Spirit about what what is um, about the curriculum and the lesson. And, um, And the other thing it is, is it's set in the context of worship. So this curriculum is set in the context of worship through liturgy, it has its own liturgy our song, for singing, scripture memory, right? We want to lay that foundation and tuck, tuck the word in their heart. Um, through story presentation, one of my favorite things about this curriculum is that for the younger children, it takes the stories and it, um, it takes the scripture passage and it puts it in a narrative form. And it's not just looking at a picture book. It's actually, it's, they have these like wooden figures where you're like acting out the story in a narrative way. And it's very engaging and very age appropriate. There's a lot of wondering questions because we don't have to teach them to have all the right answers, right? We want to teach them to wonder, we want to teach them to sit with their questions and their wonderings and to talk to, talk to an adult about it. Um, it has an, an element of a catechesis element, teaching of the doctrine and the faith that I love. It adds, starting at, in elementary, it starts adding catechism questions that we can go through over time. And so we're just continuing to lay that foundation for our children. There's prayer, many reflective and creative responses. It's important for kids after they've heard a story, after they've read a passage, to sit with it, just like it is for us, to be able to sit with, just to sit with what we've learned, to sit with what we've read. And that's when the Holy Spirit works and the Holy Spirit um, guides us and leads us and reveals things to us as we, as we sit with it. This, um, this curriculum is small group oriented, which is really great. The children get to, can get to know the other children and get to know their teachers. 
Um, one thing that is really cool about this new curriculum is we're going to be opening a new class, a new classroom. We're going to have our fifth and sixth graders together in a class starting in August. And we're really excited about that because it feels like the developmentally age-appropriate thing to do to put our fifth graders and sixth graders together. So sixth grade will be pulled out of seventh and eighth, and fifth grade will be pulled out of the other elementary ages, and they'll be put together. And this, um, they have their own curriculum that really takes... It's not as much of a narrative um, expression anymore as they will just be opening that Bible together and digging into Scripture with their teachers. And they will, they will go through whole books of the Bible together. And I'm really excited about that. Um, so I just want to challenge us this morning to open our arms wide as we embrace our children and bring them into this belonging, this shared identity that we have that we have. We want to bring them in. And then let's show up as a community and let's be present in their becoming. Let's be there. But we got to show up in order to be there. And I just want to close with this quote. Church is meant to be like a family table where children and parents and grandparents all gather to share a meal. Children will need to be patient and bear with grandpa's ramblings and sometimes repetitive stories. And grandpa and grandma and mom and dad will need to find a way to deal with the energy and the messiness of the children at the table. Some churches would rather have a kid's table where the noise and the mess can be contained. But a healthy family lets the generations overlap so wisdom can be passed down and energy can flow up. Glenn Packiam. So let's pray this morning. God, we thank you. We thank you for our shared identity. We are children of God. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we have fullness in Christ. Thank you for this community. I thank you for um, every parent, every adult, every child. And I say thank you for um, the ways that you are coming to us, the ways that you are in our families. And I thank you for this big family here at the parish and the church around the world and that we may be encouraged in heart and united in love as we show up and as we love you and as we work with you in your kingdom. Amen.